Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Josh Ward joins us now as we bring in Josh. He's on the Sports Animal from noon to three and absolutely bringing it every day. And Josh, how are you, sir? I'm good. I hope you guys are. We are. We are. Um, Josh Josh's appearance is brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. I'll tell you more about them. But first, your just your early impressions, Josh, of the way Tennessee approached this class because to me this class was in a weird way as made up by the cooper mazes of and keenan pillies of the world as it was freshman because there's only so much nil money to go around you had to keep those guys in house your thoughts on kind of this new view of of recruiting with having to take care of returning players yeah, the short-term conversation about the impact on Tennessee's roster is more about the guys who decided to use that extra year of eligibility, like Cooper, like the tackles on the offensive line. Tennessee gets some interior defensive line help coming back, which is critical. If Amari Thomas decided to move on, if Omar Norman Lott decided to move on, then I think the Vols could be in real trouble. The offensive line was a huge concern when we had the conversation two or three months ago. But now we have answers about 2024, what that line will look like. Now in 2025, the offensive line across the board and the interior of the defensive line, those are big questions because those players we're talking about are coming back for one more year, not multiple. The transfer portal search is not finished. Tennessee can find some more help there potentially. But uh, what the offensive line looks like in 2025 will largely be answered by guys like Sham Umaroff and Vison Lang from last year's class. And then this group that signed this week, Bennett Warren, Satterwhite, that group, those players are going to have to hit a lot of them, at least on the offensive line for Tennessee to keep pace with what it wants to be, because most of next year's group will have to be replaced. Just for the record, I didn't like much about Vison Lang's high school tape, but the limited time that he's kind of been in and garbage time, I, I, I liked what he did, and I've heard nothing but good things about him. So I think I, I had that guy misevaluated. I think he's going to end up being 
a two, perhaps three-year starter. Uh, Josh's uh, appearance before we uh, get to this methodical approach to recruiting that Tennessee had is brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Imagine having the best spas made right here in the U.S. in your backyard where they're right there in Athens. They have the showroom. They deliver. Go to DynastySpas.com. They also have the fantastic chemicals to keep your pool or spa working exactly perfect. That's DynastySpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Caleb? Josh, yeah, so getting to this methodical approach to recruiting, before you were on, I talked to Dave, and I want to get your thoughts on this, um, that because of the NIL and the transfer portal, college football, is a, it's not exactly like college basketball, but it's a lot closer to college basketball where, you know, college basketball has one and duns, and a lot of teams build on that. And I guess college football now, it can be like two and duns, two and a half and duns. And it seems like Josh Heupel is looking at that and seeing – let's take this opposite approach no one's doing, which is let's kind of value an extra level of experience that other player, other schools may not have, which is why I think Tennessee's applying more NIL money to getting players to return. And it's it, it, the, the, the comparison I drew is, you know, in basketball, yeah, Kentucky's got the one and done, but the teams winning the national titles usually have like maybe a five-star and a couple of four stars, but they have a lot more experience every year than Kentucky does. That's why John Calipari only has one national title in his whole career. And do you think college football is kind of transitioning towards that? And do you think that's kind of the way Josh Heupel is kind of playing it, which is maybe a little bit less talent on the recruiting trail, but every couple of years I'll have way more experience than anybody else in the SEC. Maybe. Uh, I think that's difficult to answer until we get through this extra eligibility phase because it's not like Tennessee went out and got a ton of guys in the transfer portal. They, they are expected to add one or two more. Uh, they're searching out there just like everybody is. But it, it's a unique situation because we're still in the the phase of players having an extra year beyond their senior season. If Tennessee has really benefited from that the last couple of years. The first year that Josh Heupel took over, he had players like Bayless Jones on offense and Matthew Butler on defense that stuck around for one year when they were dealing with a scholarship issue. That really helped. Year two, we talked about this. Hendon Hooker coming back with an extra year change the direction of the program, or at least in the short term, what they were able to do. They, they weren't winning 11 games if Hendon Hooker was out of eligibility. I can't, I can't imagine uh, the scenario where they would have done that. So having these guys come back while they are still trying to fill holes and make up for a 2021 class that would be the rising senior class into 2024, that class is essentially gone. It's like it didn't exist when you look at the roster heading into next year. So having these players come back helps with that. But a year from now, let's see what they're doing. Um, in this recruiting class, Tennessee signing some very highly touted players like Mike Matthews. Uh, Braylon Saley, I think, is a really nice prospect, wide receiver that they held off South Carolina against. Boo Carter's a big-time get. Ross, some, some really important players in the offensive line class. Looks like a nice group. They went after other really highly touted players and just fell short on a few and that's why they're ranked where they are with a top 15 class that is good but not where georgia and alabama are and they're, they're telling us still what you really need to do aren't they you need to go get the best players in high school and hold on to as many of them as you can and develop as many of them as you can texas is doing that texas is coming okay so th this isn't the uh, make fun of texas kind of program now they're in the playoff and they're signing a big time class again and you're gonna have to deal with them so Yes, the, the transfer portal and veteran players that you, you you either know or you have an idea of what you're getting out of them, I do think that's important. 
but you need to go get the most talented players that you can develop over a three. I'm going to say three years because the most talented players are planning to be there for three years and then go on to the NFL. Josh, let me ask you this question. It's today's tough question brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. And the question is, Tennessee's 2024 signing class is good, good enough, or great? I think it's a good class. I think Tennessee has some difference-making players that can run, like Mike Matthews, like Staley, like Boo Carter. Caleb Beasley can come in and compete at corner right away. Competition is real there. Maybe more real this year than we thought it might be a year ago because they had so many veterans returning. Jermon McCoy comes in with some college experience, but it's a much less experienced defensive backfield with this coaching staff than last year. So those guys look really good on paper coming in, as does the offensive line class. If there were to be the, the stunner that you had, Jordan Seaton, who's still kind of hanging out there, that really changes how that offensive line group is looked at from a talent perspective. But still, let's assume he goes somewhere else. This is a good offensive line group. Interior of the defensive line, uh, I, I've seen it mentioned in the chat, McKinley is a defensive tackle that has been committed to Texas A&M, highly touted player that is planning to visit Tennessee in January. That's kind of a must-get if you're going to change the conversation about the defensive line recruiting. That would be one of the, the bigger disappointments of this class is help on the interior of the defensive line. So it's a good class, good players. But what I typically do if we're going to judge a class before everyone arrives is look at Tennessee versus the competition it will face in the SEC. And if you're 12th or 13th in the nation, that's going to leave you 6th, 7th, 8th in the SEC. It's not about what other conferences are doing, which is a, a shortened list now, of course. It's about what's happening in your own conference. And Tennessee has some catching up to do still. Uh, Caleb, if I can, I want to play off Dylan's comment real quick. Uh, he says we got to put a show on next year. The roster turnaround at 25 is scary. I actually don't think it's as scary as 24 would have been had it not been for Campbell and uh, Mays returning and uh, Omari as well. I, I'm not as concerned about the 25 turnaround and, and now not the 24 turnaround because it appears to me looking at Tennessee's direction in recruiting they're going to build their lines from within and from within high school recruiting which i think is key i don't think you can go pick up two or three offensive or defensive linemen and expect them to have a major impact in the sec via the transfer portal i don't think you can either um i, I think you can get a, a plug and play kind of guy but the cohesion you need there especially on the offensive line and just the, the amount of big-time players in those positions group is going to be short, and everybody's going to want them. So counting on going out and getting big-time linemen to come in and help year in, year out is realistically not going to work. So it, it needs to come from last year's class and this year's class if we're looking at 2025. I don't know yet in, in 25. And the offensive line is is a massive question for the year after next. Some of those guys still have plenty to prove next year, but at least you know who's out there and bare minimum what you're getting. We have no idea for 2025 on the offensive line and the interior on the defensive line in 2025 is going to be a big question. James Pierce is gone after next year. So some of the players that have been brought in, like uh, Shadavian Bradley, Caleb Herring, now Jordan Ross, those guys need to develop and hit because Tyler Barron's gone. 
and James Pierce has one more year to go. So, uh, all you know, that's an assumption, but it's a good one that he's not here in 2025. So Tennessee needs to prepare for some of those difference makers this past season and next year to not be a part of the conversation this time uh, a year from now. Yeah, Caleb, I can I can see how you can pay a, a center to stay around, but an elite edge pass rusher like Pierce, I don't know that you can get enough NIL dollars. I mean, we can start a ball report with James, but I don't know that that's going to be enough NIL dollars to keep him in Knoxville in 2025. Yeah, no, and uh, Josh, funny enough, you mentioned something about Texas coming. Uh, I, look, six of their top of their eight blue chips are from the state of Texas, and I've talked for years about how if Texas has a number five class, it should be a number 10 class because in-state talent in Texas, while good, is massively overrated on the recruiting trail, and you can track that through through the last, like, 20 years on how, how much they've missed. Um, but in terms of Tennessee – I, do you think one of the reasons they're going all in on 2024, I wonder if Tennessee's going the Clemson route with Dabo Swinney back in the 2010s, which is to say this. I think when all the other programs in the SEC are doing what they need to be doing, that is you don't have uh, morons like Ray Golf and Mike DeBose coaching Alabama and Georgia. I think that it's his a pipe Dr- dream. His name, by the way, is Drunken Ray Golf, according to. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, to celebrate 98 I, series when he showed up uh, to recruit. Uh, Mercedes Hamilton hammered. Go ahead. I think I think it's a I think it's a pipe dream to think that out of the blue Tennessee can get national title caliber talent when Alabama and Georgia are at where they need to be. I just don't think it's possible. So I think they have to be a little creative and figure out a way to try to get there without that level of talent, and then maybe just getting there will give Heupel the credibility he needs to get that talent down the road. Could so my philosophy is. Maybe they realize that, so that's why they're all in on 2024, because I don't know if they may be where they need to be in terms of talent in 2024, but they are in terms of experience, and a generational quarterback can make up for lack of talent elsewhere. So do you think, yeah. does it seem like Heifel is all in on just 2024 to be his you know, launching pad, rocket launcher, I guess? Well, maybe so. I think most coaches, if, if they're in a position to succeed – should be thinking short term, what do we need to do to win? And we can continue to, you're always having recruiting conversations. They're recruiting for 2025, 2026 already. That's already happening. But having conversations about what will happen three years from now, so much will change in terms of what the competition is, who will be coaching where, players will move around some. But your point about Nico is is a big one, isn't it? If Nico is able to become the player that he was projected out of high school, then that should happen quickly. If, if he really is the best quarterback or one of the two best quarterbacks, one of the two best players in the 2023 class, well, by 2024, he should be playing at a very high level. And if he's playing at a higher level than Joe Milton this past season, and you have an offensive line that's back that should be as good or really better, shouldn't they be better next year with an extra year to play together? And they should be better at wide receiver. As good as two years ago when you have Jalen Hyatt catch 15 touchdowns, I'm not saying that, but better than – 2023 that should be the internal expectation Jalen writes a, a big time player to replace they do have talent at the position to help with that but Nico is the difference maker in the conversation if Nico can be that level talent on the field and explode in Josh Heupel's offense then that gives them a chance to go win at least nine or ten games I mean more than that when you play Georgia and Alabama plus go to Oklahoma is a, is a big ass but 10 and 2 gets you to the playoff that's a possibility if Nico can become 
what people said he would be when he arrived at Tennessee. 